This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Welcome into a little bit of a holiday edition of the Black and Blue Report podcast. We're covering Saints and Pelicans and a whole lot more today. I'm Sean Kelly, and we say hello to you from Studio B at the Osher Sports Performance Center. Big day today, travel day for a lot of folks as they are hitting the roads, the airports, everything else. I'll say this, traffic into work wasn't so bad, but I'm glad I'm not going near an airport today. Um, they say it's going to be one of the busiest travel days in five years. Wow, that's, that's good. But I think that also speaks to a lot of healthy things going on with uh, our country and, and us. There are other things we can debate about our country and everything else, but I love the fact that people are on the move and getting to be where they want to be for the Thanksgiving holiday. All right, so today's show is packed. We've got a lot to talk about. It is a Wesley Wednesday today. David Wesley will be stopping by uh, to talk about Pelicans and Spurs tonight. Fun matchup, New Orleans 9-8, and eight, uh, Spurs 11-6. and six. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins will be back tonight after uh, getting ejected in the third quarter on Monday. The Pelicans are coming off of that homestand opening win over the Thunder. And, and here come the Spurs, as usual, kind of just rolling along. Uh, Greg Popovich got his 500th career road win the other night. So uh, it's, it's amazing what that franchise has done. It was a 3-1 to one advantage for the Spurs in the season series last year, but the Pelicans did have a nice win in that series, and hopefully they can build upon it here uh, tonight at the Smoothie King Center and get themselves to two games over 500 before hitting the road. Uh, keep this thing in, in the back of your mind tonight. I don't know if this has really uh, come out a whole lot, but Anthony Davis is 27 points away from coming up on Chris Paul as the second all-time leading scorer in franchise history. It kind of snuck up on me, if I can say snuck, if you don't mind, or it sneaks it sneaks up on me uh, that that is the case. So we're going to keep an eye on that because after he scored 36 the other night, uh, 27 is certainly in reach here against the Spurs. Another thing to watch about this game tonight, as I'm kind of going down a couple of different tangents here, uh, the Spurs have not allowed, they're the only team that has not allowed a, an opponent to score 30 points or more in a game against them this season. And as you know, there are several on the Pelicans roster who are more than capable of doing that. Perhaps they can bust that uh, here on the Spurs later on tonight. Saints and Rams this weekend. Uh, the Saints are traveling on Friday. Also on Friday will be the airing of a special NFL Network's uh, show called Football Families, NFL Football Families. And why not? The Romigs are featured because of their special family connection to the New Orleans Saints. Mark Romig stops by Studio B today to talk about uh, his family, and uh, how they're spending this holiday, and, of course, the big special on Friday night. I think you're really going to enjoy that. We'll have the uh, the, the time, the airtime, and all that for you here shortly as well when Mark pops into studio. And then a little bonus segment on this Wednesday before Thanksgiving. We're going to talk a little Hollywood uh, movie, or a holiday movie, I guess, through Hollywood, with a new film called Wonder. And Stephen Chabosky is is the lead guy on that project. Film stars uh, Julia Roberts. Our own Cindy Robinson had a chance to speak with him this week, and I think it's worth your time. There is a connection here with the Saints as well, and uh, it's a primer for you to hit the theaters, perhaps even over this Thanksgiving weekend. So plenty to cover. Stay with us. We'll start with Mark Romig first, and then David Wesley, and then we'll talk movies here at the end in our bonus segment. Don't go anywhere. 
Now, Uber takes you couch to courtside at the tap of a button. Heading to a Pelicans game, Uber helps you pass on the parking and focus on the fun. And if you're still an Uber rookie, you can get $20 off your first ride with code PELICANS18. Uber, a proud partner of your New Orleans Pelicans. What is big? Big is an insatiable hunger for victory. Big is a fearsome front court with AD and Boogie. Big is packing the stands, showing your team colors, and making so much noise they give you the team ball. Come see the Pels face off against Kawhi Leonard and the San Antonio Spurs Wednesday, November 22nd. Fans get a free fidget spinner courtesy of Entergy. Visit pelicans.com for tickets. New Orleans Pelicans, do it big. Hi, it's Mark Roaming. When I'm not announcing first down Saints, I'm listening to the Black and Blue Report. Uh, still to come on this Wednesday, David Wesley for a Wesley Wednesday as the Pelicans get set for the San Antonio Spurs later on tonight. We'll have a kind of a festive family feeling, I'm sure, at the Smoothie King Center. Family's kind of our theme today here on the Black and Blue Report, and there's a really, really cool special coming on the NFL Network this holiday weekend. On Friday night, they'll be airing a new special called NFL Football Families, and they'll be telling the story of four different families uncommonly tied to the NFL organizations in their city. And part of that would be, of course, the New Orleans Saints and the Romick family. They should be, like, top of the list. Kind enough to join us in Studio B today is Mark Romick. Uh, you, of course, know his voice at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Those of you who have anything to do with travel in this city, tourism in this city, events in this city also know Mark in a, in a unique way as well. Good to see you, sir. How are you doing? It was really good to be with you. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Turkey Day. Yes. Right, We're getting ready. How many people at the Romick House on Thanksgiving? Well, actually, we're going into uh, a new area. We're going to my sister's daughter's home. So oh. <laughs> we're taking the, the show on the road to Pass Christiana, Mississippi. Wow. My sister Ann's daughter, Ruth, lives in Pass Christiana with her husband, Austin, and their two kids. And so we're bringing the onslaught that w- in that direction. How many vehicles are involved here? It's going to be a half dozen at least. <laughs> uh, I get to drive mom. Uh, okay. It's a, it's a privilege. And so we will get her there and it'll be an afternoon of uh, good food and probably a football game and then naps. And then we all get back on the road and head this way. It sounds good. We're, you said this is a new thing. So where has it been? Yeah. Well, my sister Ann has normally hosted it uh, in past Christian, but now it's like the next generation is picking up the, the slack, so to speak. So you're like the total New Orleans family. Like going to Pass Christian, it's like we're going to the country for As, Thanksgiving. Look, Pass Christian, my blood pressure lowers greatly when I cross the Bay Bridge. Now my brother Jay flew off today to Los Angeles right. to do the prep for the game on Sunday, so he won't be with us. But we'll have some of his kids with us. So God, Jay going to L.A. Have you seen the pictures out of L.A. of the people on the move for Thanksgiving weekend? It is amazing. I, I'm no so glad I'm no only thanks. going as far as eighty or so miles to Pass Christian. It's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, great. So the the the, uh, the special is on Friday at seven Central, eight Eastern. How did this all come about? And I know there is also a, co- a connection with another uh, longtime Saints associate of ours, and that's Dean Kleinschmidt. Uh, his his son is the producer. But when when did you first find out that they wanted to do something along these lines? Well, we got a call from the Saints organization. I want to say it was in um, early September. 
Um, the impression I got is that they were going to be pulling together this uh, show about specific families that have been connected with the the, uh, the uh, NFL for, for many years. And I uh, was explained that uh, they wanted to really focus on Dad. Dad had 44 years of consecutive call playing at right. the, uh, at the uh, stadium. Those who are listening to Tulane Stadium Jerry and Romick, Superdome, right? right. Yeah. Dad, Jerry Romick, yep. never missed a game, 446 consecutive games. My brother Jay works for the Saints now, 41 years. My sister Mary Beth has been spotting for Dad and now for me, uh, I think 28 years. Uh, Jay's son Blake, uh, on his own, working for the Saints organization, uh, and I've been doing the uh, the play-by-play for five years. So they thought us as one of the families uh, with lots of connections to uh, to the uh, team, and so we said, sure, we'll we'll go with it, and uh, and here we go. What's been the most healthy, enjoyable connection for your family? Well, there's been a number of things. One, it, there's been this consistency. It, it, and I, I say this in the in the um, special, it's almost like church. Uh, it, it has a feeling of family. Uh, there's a spiritual side to it because it's something that has connected all of us, um, whether it's my dad, my mom, who went to every game with mm-hmm. dad. So, I mean, she's like the unsung hero here. She went to 446 consecutive games. And she still attends when she can, um, and it, it's that glue. It's the it's just something that has kept our family together, and something that we all have in common. There are challenges, as a family now has their whole family life circle around an NFL team in in its crazy schedule. Yeah, can uh, you remember a time where it has it has been not so fun? Well, you know, we all we, those of us who have been around for a long time remember those those darker days uh, in the Saints history. Um, Sundays could be, you know, exhilarating, or they could be. There's no supper today because they, and no one's in a good mood. But it, over the last several years, particularly uh, with Mr. Benson and the investments that he has made and the, the people he, he has brought on, uh, it's been just something you look forward to. And again, there's a quote in the uh, in the show. My, it's my mother. I don't know who wrote her material, but she is fantastic in the special. She says that there are two there are two seasons of the year. There's the Saint season and then waiting for the Saint season. I mean, because that's that's how she feels and that's how we all uh, operate around the the Romic family. Mark, that's not uncommon across a lot of families. In our, I in our I city. know we're, we're we're singing out of the same hymnal um, because the Saints have done that for this community, and that's what makes it even more special is that we can be part of something that means so much to so many people from all walks of life. We all have the Saints in common. And I think that's one of the special things about New Orleans. We have these various traditions that we all have in common, whether it's Mardi Gras, the Saints, or the Pelicans. It's something that we can all agree on. And, uh, you know, we all have our good Sundays, and and hopefully we have many more good Sundays. I remember when I first moved here in 2002, a friend of mine who had lived here, he said, hey, you need to be aware of something. And he said, here's the deal. Let's say you were locked in a closet all day Sunday. And you had no access to any TV, radio, print, whatever. On Monday morning, whether it be your commute to work or waiting for the elevator or whatever, you will know whether the Saints won or lost. The whole mood of the city is predicated upon what the Saints did on Sunday. And you can feel that mood. Oh, absolutely. It, while you're driving uh, to work, you can just look at the car next to you. And if the Saints have won, there's a big smile on everyone's face in that car. Uh, and people walk a little bit. You know, with a step and and uh, the water cooler talk is much more positive and 
again, the Saints have done so many great things for the city of New Orleans, and to be a part of that uh, family, the Saints family, is is a, such a privilege. But we all are. Every citizen of New Orleans, every Saints fan across the country is part of that family. Absolutely. Mark, is there anything in the special that came up that I guess was either surprising to you or will be surprising to those even who know you well about the story of your family and the New Orleans Saints? Well, I think the fact that um, there's one personal um, story, and that is Dad and I joked about having the same sinus problem. Uh, we, you know, whatever, if it's a deviated septum or what, but we have the same sort of nasal tone uh, when we speak. And uh, when this decision was made, when Dad was going to step down and retire, and they asked me to, to take the mic, uh, I think one of the factors was that they, they liked the fact that there would not be that big of a transition in, in what the fans hear. Hmm. So it was going to be a consistent handoff. And, you know, it's all about the fans. And, and the fans need to get their information. And you don't want people, you know, scratching their heads and saying, what what was that? So uh, I go into it. I start work doing the work. And uh, for those people who just didn't maybe catch the news that Dad had retired, I would be given – a compliment one of the days after the game say man your dad sounded great at the stadium yesterday and you know I, it was the biggest compliment not only to me but just to the fact that you know dad lives uh in, in many ways and, and we're just continuing his legacy here and so that that was something that um that really uh enabled me to continue to to do this on a, on a regular basis and feel like I'm, I'm doing something that not only honors my dad's legacy but you know, is, is good for the fans because as far as they're concerned, they just want the call. Uh, and they, they like to have something familiar. And, and so I've tried to emulate some of those those calls that Dad uh, created. Oh, no, it's been flawless. It's been seamless, too. It's interesting, um, with your role with the New Orleans uh, Convention Visitors Bureau and and as a very, in a public way, as the public address announcer for the Saints at Mercedes-Benz Superdome, you're very out front, very much so. And your brother, <laughs> Jay, who I think seemingly thrives on being undercover and behind the scenes, his induction into the Saints Hall of Fame this fall, now an NFL Network special, I'm going to have so much material to tease him with now. He, his skin must be crawling a little he, bit with um, all this. Jay, those of you who know Jay, um, like you do, um, know somebody who just does his job, and he just loves his work. He, in fact, he says it's not even like having a job it's a it's a it's a passion so he doesn't look like he's got to come to work in the morning it's like i'm coming to what i love to do um and uh, i don't think he was that comfortable with all of this attention but uh, his receiving of the joe Jamelli award the fleur de Lee award which interesting enough my dad received in 2009 and so for jay to follow in 2017 um, there's some similarities with that year I, I don't want to get into it but it's just nice to know that once again um Jay's been recognized like Dad was, and uh, the work with the Tourism Marketing Corporation and, and with the CVB and, and the other organizations allow me to tell the great story of New Orleans, which includes the Saints. So I have I have a really great time doing that and sharing New Orleans that way. Yeah, I don't think Jay's the last Roman that'll be honored in that way as well. <laughs> well, yes, Blake coming up now. Blake's yeah, gonna, Blake well, could I'm be with the Saints about organization the for 41 years. Yes. So. Great stuff. We'll be looking forward to it. Um, the whole special will feature, I think, four different families. Yeah, four families. Uh, surrounding four different teams. Obviously, we care about the Rolings of the Saints, so 
we'll we'll get through the other families just to get to you guys. Well, it's going to be a good show. Uh, looking forward to it. Friday night, seven p.m. on the NFL Network. Um, we'll we'll be sitting around the uh, the TV watching it at home and uh, thinking about Dad because really it's all about Dad. Absolutely. You've seen the episode, right? Yes. You like your you stamp I, of approval? I, if I talk any more, I might, like, <laughs> I might not be able to talk much more. Uh, it is it's it's terrific. Good. It really is good. And and mom's the star. As it should As be. it should be. Yes. I, should, I don't know. i got to find out who writes her material because she's really good. She's really good. She may never tell. <laughs> she may never tell. Safe travel to the country tomorrow, my yes, friend. Yes, off to past Christian, <laughs> Mississippi. Yes. Go Saints this weekend, and uh, we'll save some turkey and whatnot for Jay. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I really appreciate it. Uh, Football Families is Friday night at 7 Central on the NFL Network. I think it's perfect. I think the timing and the airing of it over the holiday weekend is also very cool, too. All right, Pelicans, David Wesley, right after this. In 1907, Dixie Beer was a balanced, refreshing lager, brewed with love and top-quality ingredients. It would grow to become something that connected us, the neighborhood beer of every New Orleans neighborhood. And now, Dixie is back to that 1907 recipe, original and reinvented, just like its hometown. Visit DixieBeer.com to learn more, and always drink Dixie responsibly. Dixie Brewing Company, New Orleans, Louisiana. Guess what day it is? Hump day! Well, yeah, and it's Wesley Wednesday on the Black and Blue Report. Great stuff from Mark Roman, playing to come still on this Black and Blue Report as we continue now on the Pelican side of things with our own David Wesley. It is a Wesley Wednesday uh, Thanksgiving edition. Happy Thanksgiving, David. Happy Thanksgiving. Hey, uh, listen, as you get ready for um, your broadcast tonight on Fox Sports New Orleans as the Pelicans welcome in the San Antonio Spurs, I thought we'd take a little holiday conversation, if you don't mind, because it was a year ago on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving that we talked about holiday dishes, Thanksgiving dishes. You remember this? Mm-hmm. I do remember. All right. Um, this year, because I find you to be a very wise person, one who is up on <laughs> up one 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 uh, who is very good with regard to social graces. Um, I thought we'd have a new conversation this year so that we don't repeat the same thing, and and and. and and perhaps you could help me and all of our listeners about what would be a good thing to talk about at the Thanksgiving dinner table with all the family and friends around, and maybe there's some topics to avoid tomorrow when all the family and friends are around. Um, I think politics are always a bad uh, dinner conversation. <laughs> okay. Um, maybe the Pelicans would be a good conversation, especially if they win tonight. Sure. Um, the Saints, good conversation. Yep. Um, obviously, family, future plans are always good conversation. Uh huh. Um, uh, bad conversations. Um, I think, I think, uh, I think politics is the only one that I can off the top of my head, think of. Okay. Uh, I think the country is divided on, you know, presidents and, you know, the bad news is going on in the, in, in our government. So, um, yeah, I'll go with that. All right. So I'll go with that for starters. 
perfect. Something I'm, may hit me later. I'm, I'm taking notes here. So so do not bring up President Trump's tweets about LeVar Ball this morning. That's a no, right? That That's probably a good no. Okay. Definite, a hard no. Yes. Hard no. Um, what about kneeling before the national anthem in the NFL? Good or no? No, controversy. <laughs> controversy. You're going to have two sides of the spectrum, two ways of looking at it. Um, and so could turn into a heated argument, so no. What about Russian salad dressing or anything related to Russia? <laughs> it could spark some situations as well. Probably a no. Okay. Go with ranch. Go with ranch. Fair. Okay. <laughs> you see, I knew you'd be some help. And, and since we covered the food part of it last year, I thought we'd cover the conversation part of it this year. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep it, keep it light. Keep it fun. Enjoy your turkey. Fall asleep watching football. Well, great. There you go. That's a Wesley Wednesday. That's all I needed you for today, David. Thank you very much. (laughs) Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Let's talk Pelicans. This is a team, uh, David, that I'm I'm having a hard time figuring out after what I saw Friday in Denver and then on the good side what I saw Monday. I I don't know what to think about what I'll see tonight as the Pelicans host the Spurs. What about you? Um, I am, uh, like you, not sure what to expect and what what group of guys are going to show up when? Uh, obviously, in Denver, actually, uh, I, I, I think that the scores were identical at like 25 to 6 or whatever it was. It was identical to the score in Denver. Obviously, the second unit came in, gave them a spark, and turned everything around, going down, going in the half. Down eight was gave them a chance, um, as opposed to uh, the massive number of points that they gave up in Denver. Um, still a lot of open shots. Still, um, and, and defense was better in the second half. Uh, you know, uh, Oklahoma City missed a lot of shots that they were hitting earlier, but they were still open. And I think that's got to be a point of concern. Pick and roll defense, sometimes really good, sometimes not good. Sometimes, you know, you get a tired DeMarcus Cousins out there and guys are coming off wide open. And it was funny the other night, um, I want to say Raymond Felton came off a screen wide open. And it reminded me of my career high in a quarter against Houston when Matt Maloney and Charles Barkley were in the pick and roll. And I was coming off so wide open, I was like, I have to shoot this. Now, I didn't make Glenn Wright happy, but, you know, I was going off in the first quarter. So um, they got to do better. They got to figure out something because other teams are seeing that and other teams are going to put cousins in pick and roll a ton yeah i agree um hey go back to the three-point looks it was better in the second half alvin gentry said that they made an adjustment and 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 started switching more i think you and i obviously know what that means but maybe fans don't necessarily understand the difference between the way that they were defending it which was really not well uh and perhaps maybe why it was a touch better in the second half can you help them understand what he's referring to there well, in pick and rolls, 
um, a lot of times you try to send it one direction, and they usually call that weak. Uh, whether it's left or right, you'll send it in that direction, and then you have the big that is on the other side of that screen that is trying to guard and play in between the ball handler and his guy who might be rolling. Now, his first concern and first job is to get the ball contained, and his other teammates are supposed to get his man in the meantime while he's dealing with the pick and roll. The problem is the Pelicans haven't been dealing with both uh, well. So, in the second half, you go to a switch where the guard is now taking your man on the roll, which is a big mismatch, and then the big is up on the screen and taking the ball handler, another mismatch, which means that the defense has to figure out a way to play out of it and make sure you get help to the guard on the block with the big and also shrink the floor, which means everybody come in a little bit tighter to help the drive from the guard against whoever your big is. The idea of switching keeps man-on-man. So you don't have guys rolling free and, and that kind of thing. So you don't have to do as much rotation. The other way, the guy rolls, you end up having to switch, rotate, and a whole lot of things. So it's a good adjustment because they're not coming off wide open, and obviously it made a difference in the second half. Okay. That helps. Um, on the offensive end of the floor, David, the Pelicans are third in assists per game right now. They're second in the NBA in points in the paint. They've gone, I think, seven straight games of hitting 50% or better of their shots. Is everything healthy on that end in your in your eyes? I, I think it's I think it's real good, um, and I and I think it's going in the right direction. Um, I think Rondo cuts down on some of the turnovers at times and kind of calms the team. And you know, if he has a high turnover night, it's going to be a high turnover night for the team when he takes care of the ball. I think it's all going to reflect it uh, in that way. So, um, other than the turnovers, uh, I think they're doing a great job of scoring. They're, um, you know, top, middle of the pack in scoring, good pace. Everything is good. I think Rondo helps that pace uh, and the confidence and the excitement. When you have a guy that likes to pass, people run harder, cut harder, um, cut to the basket, things like that to get open because they know if they're open – he's going to deliver the ball. So um, I think Rondo, when he, when he really starts getting into rhythm, they get in rhythm with him. To me, they kind of started over when he came back. So now it's like 10, 15 games to try to figure that out. Meanwhile, hold down the fort. Nine and eight is good. It's not great. It's good. It's middle of the pack. Hang on to that while Rondo gets up to speed, and then hopefully you can make that run eight out of 11 seven out of ten, something like that to kind of start separating yourself. Yeah, that'd be, uh, that'd be fantastic. Hey, David, the Spurs are here tonight. No Kawhi Leonard, no Tony Parker, and the Spurs are 11-6. and six. What do you make of that team? Still winning. Um, listen, and everybody talks about it. I'm not saying anything new. Their system, their coaching, their development is amazing. It's amazing because, you know, a lot of people may look may have looked at Pop in the past as, well, you got Tim Duncan and David Robinson, of course you won. Then you got Tim Duncan, all Hall of Famer, leading the charge. You got Tony Parker. He comes into his own, managing overly. 
You got that three-headed beast forever. Of course you're winning. Okay, well, now he doesn't. And he's still winning. And every time you count the, the Spurs out, they're going to have a down year. Oh, there's going to be a tough year. They still win 50 games. So you have to deal with that, and you have to be able to outcoach him down the stretch. Uh, it's amazing what he's able to do with whoever is on the floor. And his ability to coach each player hard, the way he's able to control his locker room, control the narrative, control everything around him without, I think, being too controlling. I think people enjoy playing for Pop. I think it's amazing. I I think he's a heck of a coach. I think it's a heck of an organization. And as much as people are trying to be a lot like Golden State, who's, you know, over the last four or five years have been great, San Antonio's still the organization you want to be like. Well, there's nothing that would lead me to think differently. <laughs> there's no doubt, yeah. based on what I've seen, what you're saying, all of that. Uh, this could be a really pivotal game tonight, David, and here's why. Let's say you win the game tonight. You still have two to go, one at Phoenix and one at Golden State. If you win tonight, I think you have a, a real good chance at having an absolutely tremendous week. If you were to look at this schedule this week and say Oklahoma City, San Antonio, Phoenix, eh, and Golden State. David, if you could go 3-1 and one on the week, I think you've got to just, I mean, rip your shirt open, pop all the buttons off, and beat your chest. That, that would be pretty fantastic. And in order to do that, I think that probably you have to win tonight's game at home. Well, as long as it's not your favorite shirt you're ripping the buttons off of, yeah. sure. Uh, but, yes, uh, you know, it, and, you know, the, the, the Pelicans have, have – done a really, really solid job of winning the games they're supposed to. I'm looking for that that next kind of game where you're going, yeah, now that's a good win. Um, I think some of the teams that they've seen early in the season who are going to be better, um, Indiana, um, Oklahoma City, Cleveland, those are good wins, and they're going to look back and go, man, we beat that team, and they're killing it right now. But they got them at the right time where they're still trying to figure themselves out. I think right now beating the San Antonio team who is finding ways to win regardless of who they have on the floor, I think is a good move in that direction, Another a win that you can kind of look and say, yeah, that's a good win for us. And like you said, finish this week at a possible three and one. That, those are the kind of stretches right there. What I'm talking about, where last year they wouldn't. Last year we wouldn't even be thinking about it. Last year we'd have said, I mean, this could be a one and three, zero oh and four week. And now you're saying, you know, if they show up and play the way we know they can play, they should have a three and one week. Be outstanding. It would be. It would be. Um, again, thank you today. Uh, both hands on the wheel, if you don't mind. Drive safe to your destination. We'll see you tonight at the Smoothie King Center. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, and uh, happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. David and Joel and Jen tonight on Fox Sports New Orleans.
as the Pelicans get set to take on the San Antonio Spurs. Tip-off time is just after 7. Pre-game coverage both on television and radio is yours at 6.30. Take David's advice. Sound Thanksgiving holiday social graces <laughs> from David Wesley. It's another award-winning Dave, or, uh, Wesley Wednesday. Nobody's giving any awards, but we're going to try and get one. That's why I'll just pre-sale yeah. now. Um, all right. <laughs> We've got a bonus segment for you today on the Black and Blue Report. It's yours in just a moment. Now, Uber takes you couch to courtside at the tap of a button. Heading to a Pelicans game, Uber helps you pass on the parking and focus on the fun. And if you're still an Uber rookie, you can get $20 off your first ride with code PELICANS18. Uber, a proud partner of your New Orleans Pelicans. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Bonus segment on today's Black and Blue Report, as I uh, promised you. And uh, it's, it has to do with holiday movies. Let's go with that. Because while I was talking to David Wesley about food and then Mark Romick about family and, and social graces and all that, it, it, I think one of the other things that I think about this time of year are all the great holiday movies. It used to be that you know, those holiday movie releases would come sometimes on Thanksgiving Day. Like, like there'd be nothing to go to the theater at 9 o'clock on Thanksgiving night and go catch a flick the start of the holiday movie season. The days now are a little more fuzzy, but nonetheless, we still have this batch of great movies that comes out this time of year. One of the movies that you're going to hear a ton about is called Wonder, starring Julia Roberts and uh, Owen Wilson. Uh, a number of the Saints players and their families have seen that movie and uh, through kind of a couple of different connections here, um, we are connected to that movie through its uh, basically its writer and creator, that's Stephen Shabosky. So we had a chance to catch up with him to talk about this movie and the experience that uh, many are going to find themselves having when watching this movie this holiday season. It's going to be very big, and uh, I hope you get a chance to see it. I really do. It's well worth your time. Our own Cindy Robinson had a chance just the other day to sit down with Mr. Shabosky. Here's what they uh, talked about. So we're now right. joined by Mr. Stephen Chabosky. And for those of you that may not know the name, he directed and wrote the newest heartwarming movie in theaters now, Wonder, starring Julia Roberts, Owen Wilson, and Jacob Tremblay. If you also want to know more about his work, he wrote and created Perks of Being a Wallflower and also directed Beauty and the Beast. Thank you for joining us, Mr. Chabosky. Oh, thank you. And just to clarify, I, I co-wrote Beauty and the Beast because oh. the great Bill Conan directed it, and, and I don't want to ever take anything away from Bill. So oh. just, just to clarify, just to clarify. That's my mistake. <laughs> not at all, not at all. Okay, so first, can we get a quick synopsis of Wonder for those who may have not seen it yet or haven't heard of it? Of course, of course. Wonder is the story um, based on the uh, very beloved best-selling book by R.J. Palacio. It's the story of a little 10-year-old boy who was born with a craniofacial difference. For those who don't know that term, you might think deformity could be another word, although difference is what the community likes to say. And anyway, it's about this little 10-year-old boy who enters school for the first time after being homeschooled most of his life. And it's about the, not just about the, 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 the year in the life of fifth grade that he goes through, but it deals with all the perspectives and all the ripple effect of that one act on the community at large. His sister, his best friend, 
um, his sister's uh, best friend, and and the family, as you said, played by Julia Roberts and Owen Wilson. Where did the idea for the story come from? Well, R.J. Palacio, who wrote the book, when she was about 10 years ago, she was standing outside of an ice cream shop um, with her two sons. The, her youngest was three at the time. And they saw a little girl with a very, very severe uh, craniofacial difference. And she, uh, you know, her son was three and didn't quite understand and began to cry because he didn't understand, uh, you know, uh, it just confused him. And to spare the little girl her feelings, uh, Raquel, RJ, she, she whisked her sons away. And um, the moment haunted her because she, you know, she said, oh, God, I should have just turned to the girl and, and asked her about her ice cream and just showed my sons that being different is not, nothing to be afraid of. And she couldn't have that moment back, so instead she wrote this beautiful book um, just because she didn't get to have that conversation. So instead she, she tried to prompt the whole world to have it. What was it like actually creating this movie? Because um, Doug was telling us that it's kind of told from five different point of views. Mm-hmm. So where did you get the idea for, for doing that, or if that was along with the story? And what yeah, was well, that like- was along with the story. The idea of doing different perspectives, um, it came from uh, the book. Uh, the book is, is if it only about Augie's perspective, which the beginning of the book is. It's very lovely, but... but that wasn't the thing that excited me the most. What excited me the most was when you suddenly switch and you realize that his sister um, has been has been as neglected by necessity as he's gotten all the attention. So you could think, oh, poor kid, he has a facial difference, but guess what? He's getting basically 99% of all of his parents' attention, and she's getting 1% down the hall. And that is a problem. It's something that we have to understand and have, have empathy for her about. And then just when you think, oh, her best friend that blew her off all of a sudden, you know, she seems like a mean girl, suddenly you learn what's going on in her life. What this, what this movie does is what the book does. It, it makes us confront our own, I guess you, I, prejudice might be the wrong word, but I, I would say, you know, whatever uh, assumptions we're making about people, what, it's, what it reminds us very gently and without preaching is that everybody has a story to tell, that everybody is a hero in his or her own life, and that the more that we understand where everybody else is coming from, the, the more we're going to understand that we have a lot more alike than we have different. That's great. Um, one of our former Saints players, Scott Fujita, tweeted, mm-hmm. Parents, read Wonder with your children, take them to watch the film, and make this a part of their childhood. Now, how important wow. did you feel like it was for our generation and the children of today and even, you know, adults to know this story? I, I, my, my dream of dreams, and it's very lovely here he wrote that. That means a lot to me, and I know it would mean a lot to RJ once I tell her about it. Uh, I took this movie on because I love this book so much that my dream for it was that it would be taught in fourth or fifth or sixth grade all over the country and all over the world. I think this, this book, because it not only, not only has a great message, and, uh, but it has great characters and great themes, and it's funny and it's touching, and it's just one of those really special books. You know, I think, I think most of us could agree that To Kill a Mockingbird is probably the greatest American novel ever written, but Wonder certainly belongs on that list. It is, it is a, a, a story that teaches us um, without preaching to us about what it's like to walk around in somebody else's shoes. It does it very elegantly. So, so I could not agree more. As a fan of the book, because I take no credit whatsoever for this book, as a fan of it, I couldn't agree more with him, and I hope it's taught all across the country, because our country could sure use it right now. That, I agree with you there. 
Um, quick little turn off of this movie for a minute. We hear you were quite an athlete when you uh, <laughs> played. You played a few sports yourself, I hear. Yes, I did. <laughs> so, are you still keeping up with sports today? Um, as a spectator, you betcha. Um, as as a player, um, I'm afraid that uh, you know having you know, like joining sports leagues and directing movies. Uh, <laughs> You gotta have to do one or the other, because directing movies and having a five and a two year old are are those are both full time jobs. So I'm afraid not. Every now and then I play a little softball or pick up basketball, but only every now and then. I can't I can't wait till I have a little bit more spare time to to do it again because I miss soccer a lot and and uh, I miss baseball. I definitely understand. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Um, oh, thank you. All right, good stuff. We kind of hit a lot of buttons today, didn't we? Holiday movie time. We got some uh, family time with Mark Romig today. And, of course, we previewed tonight's basketball game. We didn't get a whole lot into the Saints specifically against the Rams. Uh, That is yours on NewOrleansSaints.com as the week progresses. Uh, There are some personnel moves. Head coach Sean Payton announcing those today. I mentioned that at the start of the show. But uh, just to remind you to check out the uh, website or your Saints mobile app for those as we progress through the next couple of days. No black and blue report on Friday. We're taking a break there uh, for Black Friday. Not that we're going to go shopping or anything, but Daniel Salerson will be on the road with the Pelicans, getting set for their game Friday night against the Phoenix Suns. That road trip concludes on Saturday with the Golden State Warriors. And uh, John DeShazer and the uh, rest of the Saints digital digital media crew are departing on Friday for Los Angeles for Sunday's game against the Los Angeles Rams. Don't forget that now has been flexed to the 325 Central slot over on CBS, not on Fox, on CBS on Sunday afternoon. So just a little tweak there. You're probably already aware of that. Have a great and please have a safe Thanksgiving holiday. So many people are on the road uh, this week. Um, I can't stress enough the importance of wearing seatbelts. It's just as important. And uh, and I do want to mention it also. Just be smart about um drinking and driving as well. Too many things out there now to where you shouldn't have to or feel the need to get behind the wheel if you um, had a good time. So be smart, be safe, and uh, cherish those around you and uh, be thankful as you, I know you will be of all the things that you have. We certainly will be in that mindset for the next couple of days. Happy Thanksgiving. It's one of my favorites. I hope that you have a great one and we'll uh, talk to you throughout the weekend either uh, through the Pelicans or the Saints. And hopefully we'll have a great, great Monday for you on the Black and Blue Report recapping big weekends for both teams. I'm Sean Kelly. We'll see you next time right here on the Black and Blue Report.